This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with the ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle... <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Thread Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck for some reason. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I, Chicago! Welcome into the mid-off-season doldrum edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, as always, is the one, the only... The awesomest Jay Zawoski. Jay, you've been doing the football or the baseball thing. I've been doing the football thing. There's been a lot of hockey going on right now, as our listeners are going to be able to tell by the fact that we haven't podcasted in what two weeks. Yeah, well, we made the promise to podcast every week, and I think that I don't know when you really when you're looking at the summer from a distance, you say, "Yeah, we'll have enough stuff." There's not enough stuff <laughs> to do. There's really not. And you know we we really want to. We love doing it. But uh, like I said in the intro, I, I don't really know what we're going to discuss. There are a couple of news items here and there and a couple of fun things that have been in the news a little bit lately. But um, aside from that, not a ton going on in the Hawks world. And, James, uh, the one thing you said we should get to is the injury to the Hawks' uh, number one pick this year. Uh, why don't you fill the the kind folks in on what's going on there for those of you that don't, that don't follow the blackhawks as closely as i do where you just kind of stoke up every piece of minutiae and information henry yokoharu apparently suffered some type of a knee injury during his off-season work and originally it wasn't expected to keep him out of training camp they sounded pretty optimistic that he was going to be able to come and work out with the Blackhawks and kind of see what he had against, you know, NHL caliber guys. Now there are reports out that he may end up missing a part of his next season with the Portland Winterhawks. He plays uh, junior hockey with them. And there are reports that he won't miss the entire season, but he could miss part of it, which leads me to believe that this might be something like an ACL tear Something like that. We all know how non-committal you know teams are to releasing injury information, especially in the off season when they really don't have to. So it just it keeps like kind of being real wishy-washy with the information that's available on Yokoharu. But at this point, it would appear that he probably isn't going to be able to be. Um, skating and training camp, and at the very least, he's going to miss the uh, rookie showcase tournament that the Blackhawks always uh, participate in before the season starts. So, kind of a bummer to those of us that really thought that Yokoharu had a chance to kind of turn some heads. He wasn't going to make the team this year. I don't think there was anybody who thought that his game was at the point where he would be able to, but it still would have been able to nice to see him compete against NHL caliber players in preseason games and participate in rookie showcase tournaments so speedy recovery to yokoharu i hope he comes back really quick he's a great kid really funny when he talks to media really strong hockey player if you haven't watched any of his highlight reels i would encourage you to do that 
it'll fill some time over this just infinitely long and boring <laughs> summer. And yeah, just it, it's it's a bummer. It's not fun. It's funny uh, as you were giving that information. The thing that bothers me, it, look, guys are going to get hurt. It's a it's a contact sport. Those things happen. There's nothing you can do. But when you hear about like the secrecy of the injuries, all I can think of is Kevin White. And how the Bears are like, oh, you know, he's fine. Like, his rookie year, they would just not admit that it was a serious injury. Like, it took forever for them to actually acknowledge, like, okay, yeah, this is something that's going to keep him out. He's not going to be able to play, blah, blah, blah. So whenever there's secrecy around injury, I get a little suspicious. However, you this did not happen with the Blackhawks. This was not, you know, on their time, I guess you would say. Um, and I And I'm sure they know what they need to know. Um, but as far as I think it's more of a lack of resources and reporting, there's not a lot of people who are interested in this injury. And if there were, I think the information would probably be a little more clear. Um, but, hey, it's a setback for sure. Uh, I don't know what this does to his NHL clock. Remember, he's only 18 years old. So like like James said, very, very small chance that he would have any NHL impact this year, maybe probably not even next year. Um, so not overly concerned, but the secrecy thing that I don't like. The injury occurred, they did a World Junior Summer Showcase over the last week or so where like international players were brought in and uh, Yokoharu suffered an injury in that tournament. Or not really a tournament, but a showcase. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody had kind of the full you know, picture of where this happened. This wasn't like, hey, he was on a dirt bike in Finland and did a backflip off a mountain and tore his ACL or anything. <laughs> this was a in-game... Uh, injury getting ready for you know training camp and all that so as you said hockey is a contact sport bad things sometimes happen and you know hopefully he can get back out on the ice soon because I, like I said I really do think that he could develop into a very interesting player for the Blackhawks and I'm watching a video here of the injury and, and Yokohara is behind the Finland net uh, clears the puck up the wing uh, to a forward and a USA uh, player checks him clean check but it, it's almost as if the usa player's thigh like hit him above the knee like kind of a thigh on thigh hit uh yokoharu you see his net his knee and leg kind of bend but he skates off he skates off on his own power he actually doesn't even go down you can just see him sort of favoring that leg and getting off the ice so obviously i'm not going to speculate on what it could be but the fact that he did not go down in a heap there were not coaches called on the ice the fact that he was able to get himself off the ice uh, on his own with his own strength and using that leg to push off, uh, probably a good, a better sign than a than a bad sign. But you never know. Like those ACL injuries, like you said, you'll see a guy tears ACL and it's like, well, I'm gonna walk off. It's just, it's just you just know something's wrong. Yeah. And Derek Rose, I'm trying to think back to the first Rose injury against the Sixers there, and he just jumped and landed weird. And just, I, if I'm correct, he he did go down. But it wasn't like agony or no, pain. No, no, knew something was it, wrong. It was the meniscus one wasn't quite the uh, dramatic moment. Like the ACL tear was bad. Yeah, he he definitely re- like yelled out, and you kind of knew something was wrong with him. I'm trying to think. There have been a few hockey players that have suffered ACL injuries and haven't really done the you know have to be carried off the ice thing. They've just kind of like skated off, like without putting any weight on the leg and. Like I said, we have no idea what the hell this is, but that's because, you know, we're not being told anything. So we get to play doctors here on the Madhouse podcast. We are, we're doing the Lord's work right now, man. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we definitely are. By the way, I um, want to send a note of thank you to our listeners. Um, as we've been making the change from um, Podomatic to Blog Talk Radio, we've gotten some indications of the numbers we've had. And since... Uh, I think June 8th was the first day, somewhere around there, like the first week of June, was our first show on the new provider. Uh, since then, we've had 61,000 unique listens. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's the middle of summer. Uh, the Stanley Cup had been won by then, I believe. It was really close. Or it was just been. about to be won. So aside from maybe one episode or two, there was no hockey going on. Of course, we had free agency and all the big trades, and that helped big time. But for the most part, these podcasts have been in the off season, so those numbers are insane. It's just crazy, and it's uh, staggering and overwhelming. And we're super thankful for the support you've given. And that's why, like, when we don't do a podcast for two weeks, I have the little itch in the back of my head, like, come on, 
give these people a podcast. They want one. They want one. They're going to listen. And you almost feel guilty. But really, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. And, and I'll go ahead and say it. Jay and I did effort to do a podcast on a few different occasions. And as I'm sure our listeners are aware, life can sometimes get in the way where, yes. you know, it's like, a, you know, James has, you know, an event he has to cover here. And, you know, Jay had an event that he promised he would do something with his daughter here. And yeah, it's it's summer, man. That's it's going to happen. And I'm sure people, you know, are way are more forgiving of us than we are of ourselves. So we do appreciate everybody's patience and especially everybody's support as we've made the transition to blog talk radio. Those numbers are absolutely staggering. And speaking of transitions, um, more of the business end of what we do here, the Patreon uh, site has been very good to us. We've made uh, a lot of money to benefit the podcast with laptops, mixing boards, microphones, all the equipment we need to make these things happen. Um, but I found that it's become a little user unfriendly. Um, some people don't know when they're getting billed. If you pledge at the beginning of a month, you're not going to get charged until the next month goes through. It can be a little bit of a burden. So we're going to start a slow transition away from Patreon onto GoFundMe. I think it's something people know better. It's something people trust better. And it, it's also easier to just do the one-time thing if that's what you want to do. If you want to do a dollar a month, cool. You can do that too. But uh, I think GoFundMe is probably a better way to do it. It's a little more user-friendly, a little more billing-friendly. So we do have a page set up. It's GoFundMe.com slash MadhousePod. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash MadhousePod. I'm not going to shut down the Patreon site. So those of you that do like the pledge system, feel free to remain on there. But I think for promotional sake, we're going to go with the GoFundMe from here on out just because it's a lot easier for people to use. I've found. I've found. But, um, again, we appreciate everything from you guys. Got the latest uh, deposit into our account So this week I'm going to do some shopping for a uh, speaker for us to bring to our broadcast and a speaker stand so we can start doing some more remote sort of broadcast things. And now with all this equipment, basically we can set up where we want. Yeah, we want to do stuff at Chuck's and Marishka's and then the Triple Threat Warehouse show even. We've been threatening. (laughs) Oh, my favorite (laughs) random idea that actually might be really funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but we could just, you know, this would give us the freedom to do it literally anywhere with power. So um, that's the next step. And then as the season goes on, uh, you'll hear more and more and more from us. But, yeah, uh, so if, if you're more comfortable with something like GoFundMe, if you want to just make a one-time donation, we'd greatly appreciate it. GoFundMe.com slash MadhousePod. Okay, enough about that. want to tell you guys about our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, just west of Route 53. They're family-owned and operated at the same location since 1933, and it really shows. When you go in there, you know that's a place that is a labor of love. The Zadralovich family takes care of you. They take care of the restaurant. It's incredibly beautiful in there. Uh, very, very clean. Very, very awesome for a place that's been around as long as it is. Uh, it's really phenomenal. You will love it. I promise you. Their poor boy sandwich is what put them on the map, but everything there is good. James loves the Icelandic cod that's always hand-cut on premises. they got great burgers and steaks, uh, seafood, everything you need. they got it. The onion rings are one of my favorites. The double-baked potatoes are amazing. they got a menu for carryout, a full bar with craft beers, and banquet facilities for groups of up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. They're open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So you're in the clear till November. So get on out to Marishka's, and you will enjoy yourself a high-quality meal. James, when we come back, I want to ask our listeners, if they had the choice to take three players from any team, which would it be? I'll explain when we come back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we're talking about all of the breaking news that's been happening with the Blackhawks. Any. Anyway, it's it's been a great podcast. We'll see you guys later. No, Jay had an excellent tease. You can tell he's a radio pro. He had a great tease before we went to break. Jay, what the hell are you talking about? All right, so as you know, I'm a big uh, gamer, especially in the NHL game series. I've been playing it since its inception on the Sega Genesis, and it's still the game I play the most year after year. I don't care. Everyone criticizes it. I don't care. I have a blast playing it, so shut up. I love it. Uh, the NHL 18 beta came out, and if you don't know, if you're not a gamer and don't know what a beta is, 
it's games now since most games are played online you're playing against other people around the world they release uh you know like half builds of the games early to make sure everything's working properly and they're sort of crowdsourcing their game testing so instead of having a group of testers sitting in an office like playing game after game after game they let it everyone in the world play it for a while for free and then if they find something wrong they let the people know and they fix it it's really it's win-win for everybody so it's great Anyway, this year in NHL 18, which will be out in September, they're introducing this new mode called NHL 3s. So it's three-on-three hockey. You pick two forwards, a defenseman and a goalie, obviously, and uh, you could put defenseman and forward, forward at defense, whatever. Um, And it's kind of like an arcade style. I don't want to say like NBA Jam influence, but it kind of is. It's faster-paced. There's like money pucks. Some are worth two. Some take two away from your opponent. And you play up to a certain score. It's fun. It's really, really fun. I was skeptical about it, but I really found myself enjoying it big time. So, you know, as I've been playing, I've been finding the teams that I think would have an awesome combination of three in them, right? Like, obviously, with the Penguins, you've got Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. With the Hawks, you've got Kane, Taves, and Keith. Uh, Some of the other teams, though, they'll surprise you. When you're looking for just three some of the lesser teams in the league like really are are badass in this game and one i found was uh the Calgary Flames you know with uh with um Johnny Gaudreau and Kachuk and Sean Monahan like that they have that's a stacked roster but the most fun i've had is the Oilers oh my god with Connor McDavid and Lucic and uh, Leon Draisaitl that team's unstoppable i'm sorry and Cam Talbot is so is for some reason like the most unstoppable goalie in that game. And he was not NHL 17, too. It's crazy. He is the god. Now, I, the first thing I thought of when you brought this up was I was thinking about, well, Ottawa could be really good because you could have Bobby Ryan, Kyle Turris, and Eric Carlson. That'd be a fun one. Carlson is incredible. He's yeah, that, like the perfect video game player because he's super fast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the team I, I got to pick. I also thought maybe San Jose. You could have like Joe Pavelski uh joe thornton and brent burns i think that would be a fantastic combo too yes i've definitely chosen them uh frequently the other team i've been using a lot are the columbus blue jackets uh because they haven't updated the rosters yet so it's sod atkinson and uh nick felino or seth jones and they got Bobrovsky and that that's a yeah, great see, I've been going more like traditional like two and one you seem like you're going like three forwards sometimes well so. i usually will play a d like uh, Seth Jones is always my when I'm Columbus I usually have Seth Jones in there unless I'm down then I put three forwards in just to get back in the game a little bit mm-hmm. um but man it's it, it's really a fun way and I, w- I wonder what um you know our listeners would think madhousepod at gmail.com let us know your three active teams now what would be your threesome I mean non-sexual threesome uh <laughs> for you know the what? new I, NHL I don't game. judge anybody if they want to have a threesome they can go on ahead man now, yeah, let us know about that, too. My best my best one is Jay Zawoski, James Naveau, and Ramblin' Grimace, my friends. <laughs> That's a trio. <laughs> I don't know if it's a threesome anyone would really want. I don't know what Grimace looks like, though. So maybe he's super Big handsome. purple and plushy. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I, I doubt he's handsome. I, oh, see, now you're, A, you're <laughs> saying that he's a man, and B... You're insinuating that he's, you know, ugly because he's a radio troll. Now, that's just me. I'm not participating in that. Are there a lot of, like, really good-looking people that are radio uh, trolls? I mean, he's not a troll, though. He's a radio helper. Bob from Niles is. I stand corrected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's he's a real looker. Yeah, He's a real handsome dude. Anyway, the game's a lot of fun. I'm having fun playing it. And they've added this new thing, which I can't believe it's taken this long to add. But um, you can now, when you're playing defense, you can move your stick left or right to take away passing lanes and shooting lanes and stuff. That is a huge game changer. I know it sounds like a little thing, but now, because you'd always get beaten wide. That was sort of the the, the cheat you could do yeah. in the game is guys could find a way to get around you. And once you have an edge on you, you're sort of screwed. You just got to hope they hit the post or something. Now with this, you just sort of stick the stick out a little bit, and it's, yeah, you might take a tripping penalty, but more often than not, you're going to poke the puck away or at least make the guy change his mind and go somewhere else. So it's added a huge element of defense that wasn't there before, uh, so I really like it. It's it's really cool, and I will be picking it up as I do every year. The day it comes out, 
and I'll see everyone on Twitter like, this is dumb because the AI is blah, blah, blah. Hockey is a million and 27,000 jillion decisions at once. It's really hard to program that. You know what I mean? Like, how would you, how could you possibly, every split second is a different decision. You know what, Baseball, people play Madden and they are like, oh, it's fun. Madden is insanely more complicated than the NHL games. It really is. Like, I don't understand how people, like, get so good at it. I'm terrible well, at Madden because there's, I, like, 800 things you have to do. I'm talking more about the, like, the programming side of it. Like, how do you program players making decisions in a hockey game, right? Because they're all split second. Like, am I going to poke check you right now? If I poke check you right now, what four things could happen? Like, a baseball video game, it's it's a pitch, it's a location, it's a timing. It's easier to come up with, right? Basketball, shooting percentage, fine. But, like, in hockey, where literally I can flick my wrist and a shot's going off, it's just kind of I, – I think that, that that NHL team of developers, like, they probably deserve a little more credit than they get, especially considering their budget is probably lower than any of the EA sports games, right? FIFA probably gets a ton. You know Madden gets a ton. Um, I, I think that NHL is probably dealing with maybe half of the budget of those two games, and every year the game gets better, and every year they add something to bring people back. So – I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fanboy. I'm probably admitting that, but um, I have fun playing, and that's really all that matters to me. If if I pick it up and have fun, and I can take my mind off uh, whatever for 25 minutes a day, cool. I'm happy to do it. I enjoy it. Shut up. Get off my back. Um, I wasn't on your back, Jay. You I mean, no threesome. Uh, the collective you, everybody. <laughs> not not just uh, not just you, James. Oh, okay. Not the royal we. Okay. Right, right, right. All right. Well, uh, want to do some emails? Are we ready? We have so much stuff to do, man. Yeah, it's been um, it's, it's been a really uh, fast show. Oh, you know, one more thing. You wanted to mention the uh, the charity uh, hockey game yesterday, which I yes, saw. Yes, I did. Happened at the Fox Valley Ice Arena, where the Chicago Steel play. Go see the Steel, by the way, when they come back. They're defending, the defending Clark champ- Cup champions. Yeah, go yes. see them. Good ass hockey, and I, I I vow, you have my word that we will have a Chicago Steel meetup game or some sort of promotion next year i'm gonna make it happen i yeah, promise well, well i'm pretty sure rob would make that happen because rob sanderson is the greatest pr man in the history of ever so all right yeah he he would definitely make that happen i feel i feel like this is a thing that needs to occur let's do it it's done okay. it will happen anyway. right. yeah so patrick kane out there i saw daniel carcillo was there Vinny henestroza was out there yep um very cool event i know you didn't get to go Nah, I was sitting I there did, last I night. Work. Boo. I, I'm sitting on my couch last night. We have nothing to do. I'm like, why are we not at this game? I was so mad that I didn't think to go to it. And I knew about it. I've talked about it. And I just sort of was like, oh, I just assume we're busy every Saturday because basically we are. This is like the one Saturday we had nothing to do. And uh, we missed out. I'm kind of bummed. I had yeah. my Almora thing, but it was long over by then. Yeah, I had I had uh, Bears uh, training camp yesterday, and then I had to... Uh, work the web desk at nbc so i got to do the uh two for yesterday by the way if you ever get the chance to uh interview players after a bears training camp practice at soldier field make sure that you have the right frequency on your microphone because that can get kind of not fun <laughs> what'd Just you do insiders t- i didn't do anything what happened some, some other bum network decided they wanted to have the same frequency on their microphone that we did so all we got was Oh my god! Yeah, it wasn't good. But Dave Breyer, the fantastic sports producer at NBC Five, managed to get audio somehow. Used his evil magic. I don't know what he did, but thanks to Dave, they did get audio from John Fox and Victor Cruz. So it was a lot of fun. We got some great footage of the players yesterday. Just the audio thing ended up making one more bit of work for Dave, and he handled it like a pro. So it was really cool. It was awesome being on Soldier Field. It was perfect weather yesterday. Couldn't have asked for a better day. And, yeah, it was kind of cool seeing some of the new Bears like Tariq Cohen and, you know, Adam Shaheen and Mitch Trubisky, and it was just it was a really good time. That's awesome. By the way, the Chicago Steel event, the uh, Chicago Hockey Classic, Raised one hundred and thirty nine thousand four hundred and thirty seven dollars for Special Olympics Chicago, so very very cool. 
and a very good event. and a very good organization too. I definitely have done some work with uh, Special Olympics, so I'm glad to see that they, you know, got a nice little infusion of cash from this game, and no one got hurt, which is the awesome part too. Yes. Oh, by the way, speaking of audio issues. Uh, I went to the Hawks convention. Me and you saw each other at the media social. We were doing our thing, and I don't think I got to tell you this because I didn't realize it until later. So what I was doing there was for the radio show, we do this segment called Pick a Player where uh, fans will say, oh, I want to play uh, you know, Troy Murray and pick a player, and you're given a category. You've got to name as many of these things as you can in 15 seconds, and then if you do better than the athlete, you win. So I got my phone. I'm talking to Connor Murphy, and he's great. Great, awesome kid, nice guy, into it, friendly, thrilled to be a Blackhawk, I'll tell you that. Um, So I'm recording with him. I got my headphones in because I want to make sure the levels are good, right? So I'm recording it. Take out, go back and listen, and his voice is super low. I'm like, what the hell? I did everything right. My, My phone was right up to him. Why is his voice so low? Same thing with Troy Murray. I realized I had my iPhone headphones on, so it was picking up their voice on the microphone. (laughs) <laughs> like the little oh, no. one on that hangs on the earbud oh, instead of the God. phone. <laughs> so the trick that every reporter has been taught forever when you're recording audio, wear headphones to make sure it sounds okay. I did that. I was covering my ass, and it still screwed me. So anyway, I think we can salvage like maybe two or three categories from it. Um, but I was disappointed because Connor Murphy was great. He was so into it and so happy to do it. And uh, I'm bummed out it didn't work out as perfectly as it should have. But we'll get some more. We have other chances. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that was my audio nightmare for the week. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> that's not going to be a regular thing. But we just, you know, both had audio issues. That's kind of weird. Normally, you know, I'm not delving into that realm. But since I've been kind of made like a de facto occasional field producer for NBC, I guess I'm going to have to deal with more of that potentially. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's you know what though. What's good for us, and this is super interesting to everybody. I promise. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know what? Again, what else do we have to talk <laughs> about? Do you want me to I, talk about the fact that I hate Lollapalooza? Do we want to get into that? Oh, we can get into that for sure. <laughs> for sure, we can get into that. I definitely. I mean, uh, we haven't done a sin bin in a while. We need to do one of those. I have not sinned. No, I know I, we need to. And Addie is up my butt about being on the podcast. So next time, I promise we'll do Addie's Fashion Corner, and we'll come up with a sin bin. Um, but you're right, man, Lala. I, so Friday, what's it, what night was that? I'm so off. Thursday night, I went to see Ryan Adams at the Met, at uh, Vic. Thanks it for the a, invite, idiot. I didn't buy the tickets. Um, it was a Lala post show, so it started at midnight. He went on stage at midnight. So I, I get downtown around 930 because I'm meeting a friend out for dinner, and there's a dude. So you know Randolph? East of Mich- east of Michigan, right? Like kind of by Prudential where I work, like just north of Millennium Park. There's a dude walking through Randolph, like in the middle of the lanes. He's walking down like the striped lane dividers, just staggering and stumbling. It's 930 at night. It's pitch black. There's like cabs and cars dodging this dude. Of course, he's got like his ironic, uh, you know, 90s basketball jersey yep, on. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Total, yeah. total crap show. Just a complete disaster. Then yesterday I saw on Instagram two videos. One guy is like standing in a tree, but he's just like openly peeing. Like he's not peeing on the tree. Like most guys when they pee outside, they're like, all right, I'm going to turn around and go in this bush. This guy's like literally standing there. It's like, whoa, (laughs) pee is just flowing. And this other guy's like, whoa, and he like backs into him and the guy just pees all over him. Then there's a video of a girl walking down Michigan Avenue who had clearly crapped her pants. She's wearing, like, white shorts and a tank top and nothing else, of course. Her friend is holding her up, but clearly there's a big brown stain on her white shorts. Ugh, get it together. Listen, I'm not going to tell you if you're in your 20s, however old you are, you want to do some drugs, okay? You want to <laughs> you smoke some weed or do whatever you want to do? Fine. But handle yourself, had a if female Les scene moment there. My God, if you can't handle yourself, don't do it. Or go with people that are going to look out for you, right? Go yeah. with people that have your best interest in mind. Have a designated non-tripper or something. You know, <laughs> have someone that's going to make sure you're not doing something stupid. And this is what terrifies me. As a parent of a now seven-year-old girl, it's like, what do I do, right? Do I say, no, you can't go? 
Uh, yeah, that's what right? you say. Or do I... But if she's done nothing wrong, right? If she's a trustworthy child who always makes the right decision, you know, like, why should I deprive her of it's that not, if she's 19 or 20? Her. It's about the idiots that go to that festival. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, mean, I went. Hell, hell, I did dumb stuff, and I'm okay. Phone stolen. 60 by one guy. Well, you know what? I guarantee you it's people, like, sitting on the lawn with their phones just, like, laying on the grass next to them. I just have a good head on your shoulders. One of my buddies went to uh, Bonnaroo and had his phone stolen, and it was in his pocket, and he's a six-foot-three man. I would not cross him, and someone stole his phone out of his pocket while a show was going on. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just got to be careful, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 a shitty world out there, guys. It is, and in, you know, 10 years or 11 years when my daughter's ready to go, how much, it's not going to be much better. Well, you know? you know, hopefully Florida will be gone by then, and maybe, uh... <laughs> You're just annexing Florida? You're just getting rid of it? No, the ocean is. What are you talking about? Okay. I thought you were just like... No, I was making Florida. a global warming joke, Jay. <laughs> okay, all right. No, yeah. I'm not saying we're gonna, you know, slice Florida off into the ocean, like, with a giant knife or something. That's not what I would say. I am proposing that. You um, know what? I'd be all right with that. Let's go. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, but then see when that happens, all the Florida people, Florida man and Florida woman <laughs> are going to become like Georgia man and Georgia woman as if that's not bad enough yet. And it's just all going <laughs> to spread north. It's going to be awful. Maybe I'll have like a no festivals rule, right? Like go to shows, don't go to festivals. How's that? There you go. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, yeah. Well, why do you hate Lala aside from the obvious uh, debauchery and stupidity? Yeah, the debauchery and stupidity doesn't help. It, to me, I, I already dislike my commute sometimes, and oh. Lala is just making it worse, man. Like it just it, the sh- the trains are overcrowded because Metra has decided in their infinite wisdom that they want to add extra service to every line, except the line that goes right next to Grant Park. Like, see, it boggles my mind. They literally like the UP North line and the. South Shore Line and da 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 da. Metro Electric literally stops right next to Grant Park. Nah, we're yeah. not gonna add extra service to that line. That's my so, stop too. It's ridiculous. So, it's as so, if it's as if we don't exist, James. People yeah. that are straight south of the city, we're we're not people. Yeah, we're just cattle, and they're just gonna like all throw us onto the same car. And so the train's already overcrowded, and then I have to listen to everyone's inane conversations about how lit everything is, and all these <laughs> all these youngsters who are using all this horrendous jargon that makes them sound like they had half of their brain sliced off by Chance the Rapper, and they get jazzed about these like artists, and you're like, okay, I appreciate the fact that you know people are passionate about their music, blah blah blah. If their music was any good, I would go ahead and be okay with that. And then you add in the fact that they're all on drugs and that they've all got the 90s retro basketball jerseys on because, oh, you're so original with your Shaquille O'Neal magic jersey. I bow to you. Woo. It's just like, get get some originality. Get some good taste in music. Don't do drugs. And don't be an asshole. Like, those are not difficult. Those are not difficult things to do. And yet... We have every ah every train is full of unoriginal dopes who don't know good music if it bit them in the face. This edition of Get Off My Lawn is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. <laughs> it's the best place to go in the area if you need to get your NHL jerseys lettered. But did you know they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys? Whether you're an elite travel high school or college program that needs to outfit hundreds of kids, or if you're a beer and pizza league team with twelve players, Triple Threat can put you in pro quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Triple Threat Sports can work with you on every aspect of the job. Logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it, and you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. Then get unis and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. When we come back... James will have settled down, he'll have cooled off, and we will answer your emails and wrap the show up. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. 
Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with two locations in Burbank, 6501 West 79th Street, and in Darien, 8025 South Cass Avenue. Visit chuckscafe.com to see locations and menu specials and all that good stuff. They've got the best barbecue, Mexican, and Cajun fare you're going to find anywhere. My favorites, the Cochinita Pabil, the barbecue nachos, the jambalaya, the Chicago wings, absolutely amazing. There is something for everyone at Chuck's. Check out their daily specials, like I said, at chuckscafe.com. They've got a great bar with dozens of craft beers and an ever-rotating beer menu. They offer catering services, banquet services, and more. They've appeared on Chicago's Best and Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So visit chuckscafe.com or follow them on Twitter at chuckscafe. Our first email comes from Weird in Brookfield talking about rule changes. We got into this a month ago. When did we turn into, like, WXRT? Why why are we having somebody named Weird in Brookfield? That, oh, my God. I am so excited for this now. We have made it. We have sports radio listeners emailing the show now. Yes, we do. Uh, so last week we talked about rule changes. Not last week, whatever it was. Last six months podcast, ago. whatever. <laughs> uh, he says, one rule change I'd like to see in the greatest sport on earth is if your goalie is athletic enough and reactive enough to catch the puck and pull it back out of the net, it should not be a goal. This breaking the plane with the puck business is hard enough to figure out as talked about in the last podcast. The goalie should be awarded as long as the puck doesn't touch the net or the iron. Weird in Brookfield. Hmm. Mm. I appreciate your appreciation of the the athletic skill it takes to pull the goal. Yeah. yeah, but I I have to disagree with you on this one because there is a line. It's like saying like, well, you know, the safety caught the running back from behind like just as he was crossing the goal line. Well, sure, but it's still too late. It's still a touchdown. The ball still broke the plane, yeah. No, I get the concept. I get the idea of rewarding athleticism and crazy awesome goodness. Like, it would hopefully make it a little bit easier to determine what a goal is and what isn't. But, no, the line's there for a reason, unfortunately. And we have to adhere by the line. All right, this one from Malone Boner. I'm not making this up. (laughs) Malone Boner. He says, your discussion on chips and the puck got me thinking. By the way, if you didn't listen to last week's, why wouldn't you? I said that the answer to goals being counted is to put a series of chips in the puck so they know when the line is crossed. Go back and listen. It was riveting. I promise. Uh, He says, aren't the pucks frozen in sub-zero temperatures before the game? A lot of electronics cease to work under tundra-like conditions. Perhaps that's the issue. I don't know. Maybe that's what plays into the logistics of it. It could be, but I don't think... I mean, putting it in a freezer is not like a tundra, right? Like, it's not – it's zero. A, a freezer, what, is typically like zero to, or 32 degrees, whatever it would be, the freezing point? Why, probably somewhere why in are you coming there. to me like I would know the answer to when rubber freezes? I don't – I'm not a physicist. Leave that to Malone Boner, who clearly knows <laughs> more about electronics than we do. <laughs> I don't know. That's That could certainly be a factor. I don't know. I just Well, they had the – no, but they had the, the stupid tracker thing. For Fox, like, what was that, 20 years ago or whatever it was? That was was not stupid. Stop that. It was very stupid. It was not stupid. 11-year-old me loved it. Really? You liked the lines and everything as the game was going on? Of course I did. Yes. I needed to know when somebody hit a slap shot extra hard. I wanted to see the fire. My God. Okay. Speaking of which, the Chicago Fire might be the best team in Chicago. Your response. I'll have to take your word for it. I have not kept up with the fire yet. (laughs) Get on the bandwagon, Jay. All right, here's an email from Steve M. He says, "No, that's a normal." Yeah, come on, man, step it up. (laughs) He said, "Hey guys, love the podcast. So keep up the great work. Great in all caps." That sounded sarcastic. Now that the prospect camp is over, uh, where do you? Who stands out? Your disappointments and your surprises. From some of the videos I've seen in social media, it looks like the Bryn Cat could be a bust for now. No, 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 no. Oh, boy. Though maybe sometime down in the AHL could do him some good. My personal favorite was Ian Mitchell. I was surprised at how well he handled himself over bigger, tougher competition. Also, do you guys think the way the current Hawks roster is set up, Q fails, which would allow Bowman to fire him? Crazy theory I have. Um, You can't call the Bryn Cat a bust. Look, you're looking at prospects camp. And you're seeing guys that are working drills. And Stan Bowman said, uh, James, you were there. 
in the meeting with the media that it was set up differently this year. It wasn't just a bunch of scrimmages. They're trying to get guys to work on certain aspects of their game. Correct. Um, so what you were watching was drills. It wasn't competition. It wasn't real speed, all those things. So if you saw a couple videos on Instagram of DeBrincat turning the puck over, that's more news than DeBrincat, like stick handling through two defensemen. So it's going to be posted, right? And that's what people chose to post because what their video was capturing at the time. I would not read into anything you see at Prospects Camp, good or bad. Um, it's always kind of – there's always that guy that sneaks up that's, wow, he's actually pretty good, yeah. and he turns out to be nothing. I'm not saying Ian Mitchell's nothing, but it's just really hard to glean anything from Prospects Camp aside from – here are some guys that play hockey. Some of them are more skilled than others. The end. I love Dennis Gilbert's physicality. I think that stood out throughout camp, just how much he uses his body to kind of dominate when he's on the ice. I really appreciated that. I still think Anthony Lewis is shifty as all get out, and I think he could be really fun to watch if he ever cracks the NHL. And not. And I also do not agree with the characterization of Alex DeBrincat is like some kind of disappointment. He clearly was working on things. He clearly wasn't at full speed all the time. And, you know, I still think he's an incredibly talented player who could make a serious impact if he makes the Blackhawks roster this year. Uh, he did ask about Joel Quenville, and so does the next email. So we'll address those uh, together. This is from Kevin Peak. He says, I don't want to go tinfoil hat conspiracy here, but my gut is telling me, this is Q's last year here. I hope not and really hope I'm wrong, but the things you hear about him and Bowman not getting along and then his favorite player, uh, John Merson, being traded and his pet project TVR gone just makes you think. Um, let's address that first. The question was asked to Q at the Hawks convention press conference. Uh, does he feel any pre heat? Does he feel any pressure? And as that question was being asked, maybe you did. I don't know if you noticed this as well, but he sort of looked up as if he knew the question was coming and he wanted to answer it the right way. And, I, of course, I'm reading body language here. I'm not I'm not an expert on these things. But I was sort of surprised by how, uh, he, you know, Q rarely changes how he reacts, right? He's very level. It's always sort of the same tone, the same answer. When that question came, you could see he was, okay, let me say this right. You know, he was definitely considering how he was going to answer it. Um, I do think there's a little bit of a chance that Q could be gone here. And, uh, you know... I, I don't know. I don't want either Q or Bowman gone. See, this is what bothers me. It's like, yeah, there's there's clearly a disconnect, right? One guy likes one thing, one guy likes the other, and it does look like Sam Bowman is taking some of Q's toys away um, for sure, and he's done that in the past too. You've seen him move a lot of the guys that, that Joel Quenville loved, um, but I wonder if we make more of it than it really is. You're not going to find a better coach than Joel Quenville available, right? Unless, uh, for some reason, the Maple Leafs fire uh, Mike Babcock, which they're not going to do. You're not going to find a much better GM than Stan Bowman on any team in the NHL either. Um, so I don't know you know, what the plan would be. Maybe Kevin Deneen gets promoted to head coach. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but I feel there's more, there's more of a chance now than there's ever been. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way. No, you have to think that after two straight first-round exits and just how badly they underachieved in the playoffs last year, I feel like that isn't I don't I I feel like if you look at both of them, I feel like you kind of have to look at Stan Bowman as more firmly entrenched in his position than Joe Quenville, but I also think part of this too is John McDonough wants those two to stay together for as long as they can because they're both very popular. And they both have, you know, won three Stanley Cups and everything on down the line. So I, I get the sense that Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville are still in the safe category. But I feel like Joel Quenville is closer to kind of teetering into the uh, maybe category. So, and I also think that sometimes that um, people read a little bit too much into their relationship. I think it would... I think it benefits the Blackhawks that they don't always see eye to eye because it forces you to kind of go from different perspectives and it uh, it doesn't allow one guy to wield too much power in the relationship because they both have their ideas on what makes a good hockey team. So I, I think that Joel Quenville is probably closer to that eh, maybe territory, but I still think that he's relatively safe. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, more here from Kevin. He says, uh, what do you guys think about the Hawks going after Hobie Baker award winner Will Butcher, uh, defenseman? 
he's going to Jimmy VC route. Uh, if he isn't going to sign with Colorado and if Hosa long t- LTIR kicks in, they can afford him. He would be a great add. Um, I'm all for adding as much defensive help as you can. Um, I, honestly, I don't know much about Will Butcher. I just know that a lot of good teams are after him. I would I would start him in the AHL based on what I've seen of him. I feel like he still needs a little bit more polish. I don't think that he's NHL ready right away, and I think it would be a mistake to throw him into the lineup assuming he could handle it. I really like his skill set and think that he could develop into something really good. I just don't think he's quite there yet. And then, Kevin, one more question says um... – Team seems to be a bit slim at center. Uh, what about free agent Ryan White? He only earned a million dollars last year and could be a decent fourth line center. Um, I think that up front, I think the Hawks are good. I yeah, I'd like them to be stronger up the middle for sure. But I don't know if Ryan White or a player like that is going to make a huge difference. Um, I want some of the young players to play up front. I think they've went too veteran with the forwards and are too youthful on D. You know what I mean? I would like to add a veteran defenseman, but keep the young forwards uh, available to play. That's I, just sort of what I would do. I, I think that's where my mentality is as well right now. You have a lot of talented forwards in the system that I think could make the jump this year, and they're all fairly young. So I would. I think you're good in terms of veterans in that group. I think that you have too few veterans on the blue line, so I definitely would consider adding somebody there. Well, speaking of that, a couple weeks ago I mentioned how uh, Cody Franzen could be an invite to camp if he does not have an NHL deal yet. Um, I've not heard anything else about that. I do know Cody Franzen does not have an NHL deal yet. Um, And I wonder, this is just me speculating, this is not from a source or anything like that, but I wonder if the Hawks could have sort of a handshake, wink-wink deal done with him uh, and they're just waiting for the host of thing to happen. Whatever is going to happen with it, maybe they're waiting for that to happen and maybe they'll sign him once the season begins where I get that extra salary slack. Um, but I think it's interesting that a guy is as qu- good of a defenseman as Cody Franzen hasn't signed yet. And I got that little nugget about him a couple weeks ago. Um, just sort of connecting the dots in my head. Something to keep an eye on. Maybe the Hawks have something worked out with him sort of behind the scenes. All right. Good All right. call by you, yeah. All right, who's getting the hockey card this week, James Naveau? I believe I will be giving it to Malone Boner. Wait. For his question about the chips. Okay, he's going to get it. But I have a, we have a, an email here from Jinjin Burger. Now nah, we'll see if Jinjin can. Did no, he already get win. a free breakfast? No, he's not winning. <laughs> um, he says, looking uh, that the season is coming, is soon coming, how do you think the lines will shake out? Will Q4 sharp into the top line? Or do you think he'll play more of a third line defensive type wing? Uh, I think sharp's going to start on the third line. I, I really do. I, I, I think, and, and the way he was talking at the uh, now much talked about, <laughs> uh, you know, meeting that we saw, the press conference, he was sort of saying, like, hey, I'm going to play wherever they want. I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. And I will say, too, uh, and I think I may have said this to you or at least thought I said it to you, he looked more in shape than I've ever seen him. You said he looked a little bit skinnier than you remember. I mean, now. lean, like lean, though, not not like, oh, God, he looks sick. I thought he looked really in shape like he had really committed to to taking some weight off and i'm sure that's part of the rehab part yeah absolutely for the lower body injuries he had but um i thought he looked great he looked ready to go and uh you know i was not a huge fan of the signing for the money i'll take it for sure um because i think you're still going to probably get 40 points out of him at least yeah and if he's Um, playing third line and gets that many points that's more than acceptable yeah and he'll be on the power play regularly um so I don't know. I'm sort of encouraged by how he looked and how he was talking. Seems like it's just a matter of put me where you want me. Put me whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And that's uh, a great attitude for a guy with as many skins on a wall as Patrick Sharp has. Amen, brother. Uh, one more thing from him. Will there be a Madhouse Fantasy League again? Uh, yes. Yes, there will be another Madhouse Hockey Fantasy Hockey League. Maybe Last I'll actually two. pay attention to it. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. I. You know what? <laughs> I, I make a solemn vow right here and now that I will set an alarm on my phone every Monday to check my fantasy lineup to make sure that I'm set for the week. All right. Well, I appreciate that from you. And now I'm trying to find uh, Boner Faces. What is it? Uh, there <laughs> we go. Malone Mo- Boner. Malone Boner. Malone Boner, congratulations. You are the winner of a Cam Neely Pro Set hockey card. The year is 1992. Cam Neely coming off a 51-goal season with 91 points 
and 98 penalty minutes, my friend. The cool part about this card is it's in French. Oh. Yeah. There you Very go. Cool. Try not to get too excited, Malone Boner. Hey, it's Cam Neely, man. He's awesome. <laughs> and, of course, more importantly than the hockey card, Malone Boner wins a free breakfast at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. For those of you that have won before, those are coming out very, very soon. We've not forgotten. We're just trying to coordinate the best way to do it with Chuck's. This is the first time they've really done anything like this, so they want to make sure they're handling it the right way, which I appreciate. Uh, so they will be with you soon. We have not forgotten. You will get your prize. Hang tight. They're coming. But in the meantime, thank you all for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708 708- 478-6090 Mariska's and Crest Hill family owned and operated since 1933 and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien visit chuckscafe.com James have a great week I will see you on Tuesday when we hit the links in Bourbon A my friend yay alright man have a good rest of your Sunday everybody thank you for listening we'll talk to you soonish bye we love you What do you want a da da What do you want a da da da? I'm not a da with a da da da. We could switch to Progressa da da. Oh yeah, we could switch to Progressa and sa. Mm-hmm. We could sa and have to buy some za. Oh yeah, let's switch to Progressa da da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da da da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.